Hello and welcome to the Top of the Week podcast, a division of the College Heights Herald and Revolution 91.7. I'm Laurel Devin. And I'm Rebecca Alvey. Today's top stories include a WKU tuition increase, faculty turnover, and how to have a cheap Valentine's Day. Last Friday, the Board of Regents Finance Committee approved a recommendation to increase tuition by 2%. If approved by the board at the next meeting, This would bring 2019-2020 in-state tuition to $5,401 per semester. Rising tuition has been a common trend at Kentucky institutions since the turn of the century. In 2000, WKU in-state tuition was $2,209 per year. The proposed 2% increase is the maximum increase WKU can make to meet new adopted guidelines by the Kentucky Council on Post-Secondary Education. Out-of-state tuition and international tuition will remain the same. The board will be voting to approve the committee's recommendations at the next meeting on March 1st. At the same Board of Regents committee meeting, a representative from the provost's office gave a presentation on the ongoing comprehensive academic program evaluation process. Following departmental program reviews, college deans submitted a list of program recommendations to academic affairs with proposals to grow, enhance, transform, suspend, or maintain each program. Some deans have chosen to keep their recommendations private until an official decision is made. Larry Snyder, the dean of Potter College, sent out a list of faculty with recommendations to suspend 40 programs, including 20 majors and 20 minors. Today we have news reporter Lily Burris with us to talk about her story on a changing culture for faculty at WKU. Lily, could you tell us a little bit about what you found working on this story? I found that a lot more positions had changed hands than I had realized. I knew of a few key names that had been like stepped down or retired or something, but I learned there were way more just really, really fast and prominent names that I hadn't been paying attention to just because I hadn't been here until in the fall. And do you think um, a lot of these position changes came from more high leadership positions or has it been kind of top down all over? A lot of it I think has been top down especially having talked to some of the professors and just listening to professors say different things because while it's very obvious at the top there are other places that are changing too just to match the changes coming from the top. And do you have some examples of that? Um, one of, I was told that one of the colleges, I want to say it was Ogden, but it might have been Potter, had two associate deans but stepped down to one throughout all of these changes. And then something else, I think, to the same effect with a couple of the departments. Okay. And um, when did you notice this trend really starting? Um, I heard about it probably sometime early fall. I was just kind of listening to people that I knew talk and hoping that something interesting might be said because I like to join the conversation. So when I would hear something, I'd be like, oh, what is this? But it definitely picked up more, I think, in the fall than any time before. Okay. Um, And I know in the story, um, Caboni talks about or makes it clear that the reason that there's a national search is to bring in new talent. How did you notice fac or from the faculty you spoke with, um, how are they perceiving these national searches? Um, Some of them were okay with the national searches because they were like outside experience is really important and you can't just have homegrown people and some of them were like there is value to outside searches but they wanted inside people because they already knew the way that the university worked and how things were done here and they didn't have to take the time 
to learn the university before implementing change. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is the general outcome of this? Or what are faculty really taking away from all of these changes? I think a lot of the takeaway is that nothing is staying the same. And it's because Kaboni wants to improve things instead of just trying to fix little things. He wants to go from like a Band-Aid solution to actually solving the problems based on what I've seen and heard. And so they're kind of waiting to see how that plays out. Instead of jumping to conclusions, they're like holding on kind of just like, is this going to change or is this going to change? Instead of just Mm -hmm. rolling with it. Great. So thank you so much for coming on and talking with us about this. No problem. (laughs) All right. So this week (laughs) in the features section, there was an article on how to have a cheap and enjoyable Valentine's Day. Um, So, I mean... I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm going to be honest. Um, what what are you doing on Valentine's Day, Rebecca? Oh, you know, probably just going to go to dinner and do face masks. The usual. That's awesome. The best. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you're not doing anything this Valentine's Day, but have you had any memorable ones in the past? Memorable Valentine's Days. You know, that's one of those things where like, everything goes together in your head so you can't Mm -hmm. differentiate valentine's days i do know um it was at some point in high school i thought i was like edgy and funny you know (laughs) and um my teacher gave out a bunch of candy and i was convinced that white chocolate and milk chocolate were the same thing Mm -hmm. and i thought it i thought white chocolate was just a corporate scam to like (laughs) scale like sell um different chocolates um and my friends were like i don't understand how you think that and i'm like well they taste the same but one is white and then the other one is not and um they were like you know they taste different and i realized like that i couldn't taste a difference between milk chocolate and white chocolate so a bummer. it is kind of a bummer I don't think I have the proper amount of taste buds <laughs> but yeah what about like dark chocolate I love dark chocolate okay yeah so is it, okay. There, there is a difference that's in dark not a chocolate. corporate scam okay. that's definitely not a corporate scam <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day itself is a corporate <laughs> scam that is a hot take what do you think what do you say to that true <laughs> <laughs> I've had some interesting valentines in the past maybe not interesting but weird (laughs) tell us about it i'm dying to know the best one was freshman year of college i was living in good old mitten hall mold (laughs) (laughs) just just tie in there just gotta throw that have to have it in every show (laughs) and have a podcast where we don't talk about mold okay sorry but yes mitten before mold (laughs) probably mold was there but who knows um uh my parents love them they actually mailed me a whole dozen of north lime donuts which if you aren't familiar with north lime they're incredible they're like lexington donuts they're in louisville now they've you know just shared the wealth a bit but they're (laughs) they're literally amazing and they're my favorite donuts ever so somehow they got donuts in the mail got them to me on time it was pretty special. That is super I was special. Like, this is incredible. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> this has been a top of the week podcast, a division of the College Heights Herald and Revolution 91.7. Until next Wednesday, have a great week.